Dr. Greg Martin is a retired major general and 36-year Army combat veteran. His newest book is Bipolar General, My Forever War with Mental Illness. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, George. Great to be with you. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Okay, about my personal life, I live in Cocoa Beach, Florida. It's totally awesome. Um, I have a network of really terrific friends. Uh, it's bright, sunny, warm, which is really good for my brain and my health. And since I've been here um, over the last seven years, you know, really as part of my recovery journey, I've developed my life purpose statement or mission statement. And it is sharing my bipolar story to help stop the stigma, promote recovery, and save lives. So that's what I do. Um, so I was a career Army officer, and that was my full-time job. And then I got really sick with bipolar disorder. Basically, as a two-star general um, in 2014, I was fired from my job, forced to retire, and then later hospitalized. And, that, and I went through really bipolar hell for a couple of years. But once I got the right medication and the right treatment and I followed the doctor's orders on how to be healthy, uh, I began my journey of recovery seven years ago. And that purpose or mission statement really drives me now. So it is my full time job. I am totally passionate about it. I think I'm actually doing the most important work of my life. And that's done by speaking, conferring and writing. And thanks. Thanks for mentioning uh the book. This is really kind of my seminal work. It just came out a little over a month ago, uh, Bipolar General, My Forever War with Mental Illness. And it really tells in great detail and depth my life as really kind of in the early stages of bipolar disorder, being on the spectrum, and then my life as an Army officer, what that was like. And then once um, bipolar disorder came on with a vengeance and then later erupted into a raging bonfire and took me down. So, and then lots of lessons learned on how to live a healthy, happy, purposeful life. Are you born with bipolar disorder? Uh, you're born with the genetic predisposition or the gene itself. So that comes with your makeup at birth. But you may have the gene, but never have an onset of bipolar disorder. That The onset actually depends on external environmental conditions, which then trigger the genetic predisposition, which is what happened with me. What was the triggering event? The Iraq War uh, in 2003. So... I had been, I, I was born with a bipolar brain with the disposition towards bipolar disorder. I lived on the bipolar spectrum, which was a rising continuum of moving up towards real bipolar disorder. And then the trigger for me was in 2003, I was a brigade commander in the army in charge of about 10,000 or more troops. And we invaded from Kuwait into Iraq uh, really intense, stressful preparation. And then once we attacked and were in combat, um, the combination of the thrill, the euphoria, the stress, the pressure, the trauma, all of that together essentially changed the wiring and the cells in my brain. And I shot into a state of mania where I felt like Superman, bulletproof, 
fearless, didn't need sleep. And I literally was performing at an unbelievably high level of my mind, my body, um, my skills at focusing and solving, you know, complex, unexpected problems under enemy fire were amazing. And so that was the start of my bipolar journey. And then the other shoe dropped? Well, I stayed mostly in mania for the better part of a year in Iraq, which was it gave me a great advantage. It boosted my performance, enhanced my natural talents. It was really incredible. Um, just like the lower forms of, you know, the, the prelude to bipolar did for decades, it, it helped me incredibly until it went too high and then it hurt me. But when we came home from Iraq, we, we were stationed in Germany, went home, and with the thrill of war behind me, I fell into depression. It was in a state of depression for almost a year. And then for the next 12 years, I swung into higher and higher levels of mania, which mostly helped me, and then deeper and deeper uh, bouts of depression, which hurt me um, until by 2014, you know, 11 years after the Iraq war, I went into what they call full-blown mania, or to use the, the kindling fire analogy, my brain burst into a full-blown bonfire, and I went completely out of control into a state of madness. And I can describe some details of what that was like, but that was pretty much the end of my army career. If I, I, well, I, I'd love to yeah, what 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 does that mean? What does that translate to? Okay, what it means is, and I'll I'll talk specifically about my case. Was incredible energy. I mean, so much energy that it's sort of frightening to people. My speaking pattern. I talked faster and faster with a forced um, method where I was just pushing words out of my mouth, talking for hours at a time, meetings going for hours on end, me forgetting about events on my schedule, forgetting about meetings, um, a sense of grandiosity where I really, really believed I was the smartest guy in the world, that I held the keys to world peace, that I had this concept that it was given to me from God, that this thing called Global Security University, which I thought only I can set up. And I almost bought more than a million dollars worth of property in Washington, D.C. with my own personal funds to house and campus this particular university, which was only in my mind. But I was trying constantly to re recruit people and to build it. Um, I had a sense of religiosity, which I was I, th I thought I was God's apostle in the Department of Defense there to transform and make the department more nimble, more flexible, more cutting edge. Um, I, I, I had I also had um, psychosis. So I had delusions that people were spying on me out to get me. We're going to put me in jail that once in jail, I'd be beaten savagely, stabbed to death, murdered, die gurgling in a pool of my own blood. Um, I had hallucinations that I saw demons flying to attack our house to try to break in through the windows and the doors. And I put Bibles and crosses and sprinkled holy water. And then I saw those same demons fly back, bump into the, you know, the Bible and, and these, you know, God forces. They did a quick U-turn and flew away. I saw the Holy Spirit descend, you know, numerous times, um, which was really pretty awesome. Um and I was doing probably 30 major time-consuming religious events per week across four different churches 
in in Washington D.C. So I mean, just a huge part of my life was spent on um, um, religious activities, and that's called religiosity. Um, the other thing is reckless. I was very reckless. I was making decisions based on my own intuition without consulting people who knew more about the stuff than me. And again, this this sort of reckless, know-it-all mentality. Um, I went for about three months with virtually no sleep. And at night, I would send out, you know, dozens upon dozens of emails and text messages. And, um, and, and I would CC hundreds of people, whether they had anything to do with the, my organization or not. I would CC them. I would go out at night and ride my bicycle at breakneck speed in Washington, D.C., and have hallucinations that I would lift up off the ground and fly over the monuments, and I could fly around them and over them. Um, and then I mentioned almost spending a million dollars of money that I didn't have, but in, I, I actually spent a lot of money on religious pursuits without mentioning it to my wife, Maggie, she would, you know, suddenly say, whoa, you know, did, did you spend X thousands of dollars on such and such religious materials and missionary groups and church groups? I'm like, yeah, I did. And, and so just this idea, this compulsive spending on things that really weren't necessary, I, I guess. I was very generous. I was like more than tithing, and you know, in church, which you know, some people would say is really good, but it was pretty much out of control. Um, so those those are just a few of the things I, I would mention to you when I was in full blown mania. And when did it stop? The army stepped in and said, "Let's pump the brakes here, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, remember, over that 12-year stretch from Iraq till what I just described, my bipolar disorder was unknown, unrecognized, undiagnosed. But I got so bad that people realized there's something really wrong with this guy, seriously wrong. And so what they did, people, my students, faculty in the administration started putting in anonymous complaints to my boss, who was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff the number one military officer in the country. He was my boss. <laughs> and so the chairman got all these reports and he had known me for years because he had been, we'd worked together. And uh, he decided based on investigations and assessments and what he could figure out that I needed to go. And so I got a call on a Friday afternoon, report to the chairman Monday morning at 10 in the Pentagon. And so I did. And I was so high on mania that I didn't know if I was going to get promoted demoted, extended. I had no idea. But I I went into his office and the first person I saw was his lawyer. I said, whoa, no promotion today. You know, whenever the lawyer's in there, that's not a good sign. And, uh, and so the chairman said, Greg, I love you like a brother. He gave me a big hug. He said, you've done an amazing job at National Defense University, but your time is over. You have until 5 p.m. today to resign or I'm going to fire you. And I'm giving you an order to get a psychiatric evaluation this week at Walter Reed. So do you think I was probably disappointed, dejected, went into depression at that moment? No, I was so high. I said, thank you, chairman. This is great news because God put me in this position. Now he's going to take me out and put me somewhere even better, and I'm going to do bigger, better things in the future. So thank you. Gave him a big hug. And um, 
It's interesting. That was nine years ago. And actually, I think I am doing bigger, more important things now with my bipolar mission than I did in the Army. Um, so from there, um, I, I got I got a mental health evaluation and the doctor said, you're fine, fit for duty, nothing wrong. So that report went up to the Pentagon and they said, whoa, wait a minute. We know there's something wrong. Do another evaluation. Yeah. So they did a second one. Same thing. Fit for duty. And then the third one, the same thing, fit for duty. So they were wrong, completely wrong three times, which we can talk about. But over the next couple of months, I spiraled and then crashed into terrible depression with psychosis, which is natural with bipolar disorder. What goes up must come down. And so finally, in November, four months later, I basically kind of crawled back to the doctor and said, hey, there's something really wrong with me with depression, psychosis. All I want to do is die. I can't make a decision. I'm withdrawn. I'm confused. I have no energy, no interest, can't go to work. And uh, he said, aha, you have bipolar disorder type one with psychosis. So he finally got it right, which was good. And I was thankful for that because now we had a label, a description, and we could go about getting fixed. But after I got diagnosed, I went from bad to worse. And for the next two years, I was in what I call bipolar hell, absolute misery. The only thing I wanted to do was to die. Hmm. And I was fortunate that I had no um, active suicidal ideations. I didn't, I didn't want to take my own life. I just wanted to die or have someone else kill me. And that's a very, um, very, very dangerous condition called passive suicidal ideations, which is what got me hospitalized in a VA hospital up in New England. And the VA hospital was very good. They did a really good job and they helped to stabilize me. But they but I didn't I didn't pull out of my depression. I stayed in depression until my wife called my doctor finally in the summer of 2016 and said, hey, doctor, he's not getting better. Can you try something stronger? And we made the decision to try lithium, which is a natural salt harvested out of the earth. It is typically very good for bipolar type one condition. And within less than a week of taking uh, lithium, I went back to my old pre-bipolar self. The depression lifted. The psychosis went away. I felt good. My energy came back. My interest in, in activities came back. And that was almost seven years, well, a little bit over seven years ago. And since then, I've been on a recovery journey. And I call it a journey of recovery because you're never healed of bipolar disorder. It never goes away. You always have it and you have to manage it, which is what I'm doing now. I appreciate that. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing your story. I, being a 36-year combat veteran and reporting directly to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, <laughs> is that guy comfortable talking about his feelings and weakness? How has that shift been? Are you talking about me? Yeah, your your when when you were 20 years ago, were you a guy that would talk about when you're weak or you're having problems or was that something you bottle up? Um, I I wasn't one to talk about my problems or my feelings or my weaknesses or my emotions. Just, you know, that's just how it is. I mean, I was kind of like, you know, the all-American guy, army engineer, airborne ranger. Hua, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, not at all. But I would say, you know, one of the blessings of bipolar disorder is it 
if you're thoughtful about it, I think it can really enhance and transform your personality. And I think one of a couple of the things that have happened, I still have this drive and ability to solve problems and build teams and organize things. Um, I still have a lot of creativity in, in you know my my makeup. Um, but one of the things that has kind of come anew is this total honesty about my feelings, uh, you know, weakness, stuff like that. And it's it's all, you know, totally in the book. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I decided uh, a few years ago, well, several years ago, I decided I'm going to tell my story. No holds barred, because I, I feel like I owe it to everybody, the world, people everywhere, you know, the, you know, the millions and hundreds of millions of people with mental illness and mental health conditions, I owe it to them because I went through a grueling, near, nearly totally destructive um, experience where I could easily have died, lost my family, my marriage, finances, ended up an addict, homeless, in jail, dead, either killed or, you know, suicide. Um, I said, I'm going to tell it like it is and no holds barred. And I'll have a extra heightened platform because I'm an army dude and, you know, was in war and led soldiers in combat and ranger and, you know, all that, all that good hua stuff. And it's really been true because people are like, well, if this guy who was an army officer and a general, if he is willing to share his story, then I should be willing to share mine and I shouldn't be bothered with a stigma or being ashamed or embarrassed. So I, I think it's actually kind of a strength and they call it in um, kind of in the bipolar world, they call it a superpower. Um, so I mentioned my other kind of superpowers. Another one is making friends and building teams. But I think one of my stories now, one of my superpowers is telling my story, being totally open, transparent, you know, not embarrassed, not stigmatized, not afraid to tell complete open, open book truth. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. It's it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm 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 glad to hear that. I'm extremely grateful for your service as 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 a combat veteran, and I'm really grateful for your work now and what you've just described. Because yes, for feeling ashamed or alone or isolate, whatever those feelings are, and it's preventing us from getting help that we need or moving in moving in a, a constructive direction. Then yeah, you're 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 allowing people to feel more comfortable doing that. So so that's an incredible thing. So thank you for thank you for everything. My pleasure, George. Thanks for having me on, and you have a great show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Where can people learn more about you? Um, and where can they get their copy of Bipolar General: My Forever War with Mental Illness? Well, the best place to learn about me and my story, and even to order the book off of, is my website which is www.bipolargeneral.com. And the the site, once you go to it, the landing page has got three different uh, places that you can order order the book. It's got Amazon, uh, it's got um, Barnes & Noble, and it's got the Naval Institute Press. All three, the links are good. We've had in the past some problems with the Amazon links. And so I, that's why I make a point out of the website. We always have the right links. Um, and then the website also has, um, I've got about 25 published articles over the last few years, and the articles are there. 
um, uh, you know, probably close to 100 podcasts, interviews and other media type things. That's all there. Um, and then um, what else? Well, that's the main thing. But there's other other things as well, other resources. So check it out. And really, I, I would say the book, everybody who's read the book has said this book is phenomenal, riveting, couldn't put it down. They learn so much about all kinds of things, bipolar disorder, mental illness, recovery, um, you know, life in the army, what what the Iraq war was like, et cetera. And um, but Amazon, amazingly, has already put it down. They flagged it as a number one bestseller book. And they've said it's one of the best books ever written about mental illness and mental health. So check it out. It could save your life or save the life of someone you love. Well said. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Greg your appreciation and share today's show with a friend that also appreciates good ideas. Go to BipolarGeneral.com and check out all the great resources that Greg's been talking about and pick up your copy of Bipolar General, My Forever War with Mental Illness. Thanks again, Greg. You're welcome. Thanks, George. Great show. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.